0: This upcoming Sunday Super Bowl 55 featuring the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dan and Drew, we're going to break it down for you today on this episode. You're listening to the Pigskin Podcast. Welcome to the Pigskin Podcast. The air and it's intercepted. A weekly podcast about all things football first throw. and only football. Every week, we'll go in-depth about each team and deliver the best hard-hitting topics. Now, here's your host, Andrew Walker. Happy Thursday, everyone. Thank you for tuning in this week on the Pixium Podcast. I'm Drew. That is Dan. Hello. You know what this upcoming Sunday is, Dan? Uh, The spring version of Christmas. Spring version of Christmas. Well, this February 7th is National Fettuccine Alfredo Day. In addition to Oh, that's Super right. Oh, oh. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Super Bowl 55, the Chiefs going to Tampa Bay. It's a home game for the Bucs. First time in history. First time in history. Everybody might think, yeah, well, you know, it's not by accident. Maybe the NFL planned it because Tom Brady's going to his 10th Super Bowl. 10. T- 1 two, 0. Two hands. The fact that he's been to more Super Bowls as a starter than not starting in a Super Bowl is mind-boggling. Uh, I can't even fathom that. Super is not easy to get to. Tom Brady makes it look easy, though. But we're going to break that down a little bit later. Let's get through some NFL news. I want to start off by saying, and I know I said this a couple episodes ago, how I'm not a fan of EA Sports and their games. EA Sports in the game. They just announced, though, college football is finally coming back to EA Sports. Thank you, Lord. I know I harp on them, but I told my wife, I said, If EA Sports gets college football back, I'm going to buy a game console and I'm going to play it. When that announcement was made this week, I mean, it took the Internet by storm. Rightfully so. In years and years, players and those who play video games have been asking for EA Sports to bring back the college version of the video game. But did you know it's going to be years before that happens? Yeah, because they still have logistics and things to work out. I mean, the game hasn't been in circulation since 2014 due to, like, lawsuits and everything with the NCAA and all that. It's going to be a work in progress. I'll probably, you know, have a kid by then, but... I hope uh, I'm married by then. Yeah, that, I mean, it's going to be an awesome time. I remember being in high school, my buddy Michael and a couple of our friends, every single week we would be in our own little league. We all picked a university, built up the team, recruited all that stuff. It was a lot of fun. And I, and I miss that. And NCAA college football and, and FIFA, aside from that, those are really, and then Call of Duty, those are really the only games that I've ever played. And college football I was addicted to. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't get the game because I probably won't have any time for anybody else because I'll be too busy taking a scrub team that plays like double-A football and taking them to the national title game. Well. Right. That's what's fun. Drew likes to play video games. I have never been a video game connoisseur ever. I think the last video game I ever played was the first Halo. I don't know what year that came out, but I remember playing that well, in we, middle school. We play Lord of the Rings a lot. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, up. But beside that, I don't do anything with video games. So when this was announced, it didn't speak to me at all. Just because I don't own any game console. I haven't for years. I think this video game, when they release it, it's going to blow away the record for most copies sold, whether you know physical or digital, for sports games ever. I think so. I think it's going to shatter the record. I'm curious at how EA Sports is going to design it. Uh, are they going to make it look like Madden and just slap college teams on it? I hope not. Yeah, I saw a lot of people don't don't want that at all. But can you play those kind of video games on a PC? Or does it have to be in a game console? I'm out of the video game and have been for a while. I don't know as far as sports games on PCs. Uh, Sorry that I'm naive to this, but I mean, you can play PC games with, with many other games. And what I like that they finally have done is now you can do cross console. So PC players can play with console players. Yeah. that's, That's wildly popular in the call of duty scene. I don't know about sports though. I don't, Think well, it would, I would be fun to play college football on a PC. Maybe I'm wrong. I've never done it. Well, they've have year they have years again before this is gonna come out. And I would think at that point that having PC gaming would be just fine for them. I'll watch it by the time it comes out. There's gonna be VR for it. Which would be interesting. But so that starts off the NFL news. Well, last week, this happened after we recorded the podcast. The Houston Texans finally
1: hired their,
0: their head, head, head coach. coach. Yeah. And every time, news always breaks after Dane and I record the podcast and I edit never it. never fails. Never every fails. Every single week, we always text each other and we're like, what the heck? Is this all? They're out to get us, Dan. It, I swear. They are, they are cooking in their kitchens and they're like, hmm, let's serve this when Dane and Drew upload the podcast because every week there's some breaking news that happens and we don't get to talk about it until it's already happened. And you would think, oh, well then why don't you just Push the recording of the podcast back, but the, we can We can't want to be that. consistent. We, ha- we have to be consistent. Plus, every Thursday, you guys know the Pixie Podcast comes out. Mm-hmm. We're not... All right. First of all, we're not a huge production. You know, we're not like PMT and, you know, the Dan Patrick Show or Pat McAfee. We're not like that. We don't get paid to do this. This is... No. Nope. This is our passion it is sports. We do it to you guys for free. You can slide in our, uh, you know, Instagram and Twitter DMs, and if you want to donate... We'll take it, but, I mean, at, we don't have that production. At Podcast Pixid. and And you're right. And so we have to, you know, work it into our daily schedules, and this is what works for us, and it always never fails. Never fails. But anyways, the Houston Texans, they have finally hired their head coach, and I wasn't crazy about it. I wasn't either. Uh, David Coley, he has been a, a coach in the league for decades. He is he will be one of the oldest head coaches. He'll be the oldest to have their first head coaching gig And I'm scratching my head thinking, if he hasn't had a head coaching gig at this point in his career, there's got to be something to it. We've talked about that X's and O's aren't necessarily important when it comes to being the head coach. It's about a philosophy and laying a foundation for the team. But at his age, to get his first gig, his production as a head coach, his wide receiver groups, which is what he's most known for, even though he's a quarterback when he played himself, he has coached wide receivers for decades. They haven't been stellar. I mean, it's, it's funny that they hired a wide receiver coach on one of the worst wide receiving core in the entire NFL. I, I was going to say, the, the Ravens, we don't know the Ravens as having stellar wide receivers. They're a rushing team. Yeah. Hollywood Brown is the the best wide receiver on that team and you never hear about him anymore. I think there's two things to this. First off, Jason Easterby, we've talked about him. I don't think he should be with the Texans yeah, anymore. He needs to be gone. Second, that environment in Houston is so bad. I'm wondering if they just picked David Cully because he was the only guy who said yes. That's true. I and I and I said we talked about a couple of weeks ago that Houston and Philadelphia, if if they offered me a head coaching job, I would probably say no because of just the, the drama and and the crap that's gone down in those organizations. I don't want to be a part of it, especially Houston. So why is this hire coming ahead of Eric Burnaby? I feel like that would have been a ideal hire for Deshaun Watson. But I agree with what you said, Dan. I think that they won. They hired someone who was, was actually going to say yes to the job, but also maybe a no-crap coach. Maybe he doesn't take you know, lit from anybody and they need somebody to come in there and actually build a foundation of structure. Well, the thing with Eric Bieniemy is he's had a lot of head coaching interviews. He's never gotten it. The thing is he could have gotten interviewed by Houston. That doesn't mean he was wants to take it. Yeah, that's true. So we can't assume that just because the Texans hired him that he was wanting the job. He could have done it just. You know, out of respect to the organization, Deshaun Watson wanted him to be interviewed. I mean, he's got a good there's, gig right now. I know he's mm-hmm. a, he's an offensive coordinator, but you are going to your second straight Super Bowl. You're under Andy Reid, one of the best coaches of all time. Maybe what you're saying is true that, hey, you know what? Thank you, Houston, for interviewing me, but no thanks because there's just too much but stuff down is, here. I don't want to control. You can't, Eric can't say I'm going to interview with all these other teams, but then say no to Houston. Why can't that- he, though? Because of the perception that puts on him that, oh well, he's a head coach that he just wants the prime picking. He doesn't want to go through the challenges. But why not? Of- no, no. I I I see where you're coming from. You know, beggars can't be choosers. But the thing is, you may only ever get one head coaching job in your entire life. That's that's fine. If he wants to take the best position, that's okay. I would too. I want to take the position that is going to give me the most potential and and for wins and success. I'm just saying, he said yes to all the other teams, but for him to say no to the Texans, I think that could cast a negative light on him and say sure. he's not willing to go through the hard times of, as an organization. Let's let's be realistic. Every NFL team does not have constant success. Mm-hmm. With the Except Chiefs, the Patriots. <laughs> with the Chiefs, and what the Patriots have done, and teams like the Seahawks, these Packers, teams, the Packers, they've had consistent. But there's 32 teams. Yeah, not all 32 teams can say that they've had. Success after success year after year. Mm-hmm. And so with Eric Bieniemy, if if a if an owner or a general manager is like, you know what, this guy really only wants to coach when he has the best of the best, sure. What happens if we don't have the best of the best? How is he gonna w- yeah. yeah. So that's the way I'm looking at and, it with Eric. And of course, this is all speculation. This Dane is just going off of Yes, this is just my personal know, opinion. Yeah, and, and and I think it's valid. I think yeah, if I'm an organization, like you said, more, more often than not teams are are not good. Mm -hmm. And so are you going to be able to have a coach that's going to be able to, you know, go through the pile of crap with you, or is going to basically jump ship when things aren't going his way. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the perception that could have played with Eric is that Mm -hmm. he is someone, I mean, he's waited a long time for a gig. And I think it's ultimately because right now he has the best squad with Andy Reid as coach and then Patrick Mahomes and the best team in football Mm -hmm. Why would he want to leave that to something that like the Texans situation? Yes, he's not going to be a head coach, but he's going to the Super Bowl two years in a row. Yeah. Could even go again next year because that whole roster is going to be coming back again. This kind of reminds me of Josh McDaniels in a way. So Josh McDaniels when he had his first head coaching job in Denver, that didn't work out. That was a disaster. But Josh McDaniels, even though, you know, over the past couple of years, you know, he's he's only offensive coordinator. When he was under Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, why not stay there? You're racking up Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. I understand you're not a head coach, but he's going to go down as one of the best assistants in NFL history. And uh, and for the fact that he's been able to, you know, help Tom Brady with his success for so long, he's going to go to the Hall of Fame one day. And he's not going to even be a head yeah. coach. Yeah. Uh, uh, Matt Patricia, when he left New England to go to Detroit. That didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Guess where he's back again? Yeah, now he has to work his way back up. He's got to start from scratch again. But he's in New England, though. Mm -hmm. And this past year, we can argue that Cam Newton didn't have weapons around him. Yeah. Great argument because he didn't. Half of their defense opted out because of COVID-19. So what could the situation look like next year for New England and Matt Patricia? He could really bring that defense back because when he was in New England, that was a prime cornerstone of that team other than Tom Brady was that defense yeah Josh McDaniels and Mike and um, Matt Patricia are great examples of you may not be a great head coach but you are a heck of a coordinator mm-hmm. And I know Patricia yep. he's not a coordinator with New England he's yeah, like I said, he's got to work his way back up yeah he's helping with personnel yeah, he's, he's, he's like assisting yeah he's, he's not <laughs> he's a head basically coach. volunteer yeah he's in not a way. coordinator right now you can be a fantastic coordinator because you don't have the weight of all these responsibilities and things of a head coach. I have always said, even to this year that I think though New England was a seven and nine team. And with, like you said, half the defense opted out. Camden didn't have a great year. They still went seven to nine. That's why I'm not giving up hope with how New England is going to play out. And if they just get a good quarterback, I think New England can be successful again, which is They've had so much success, it's kind of annoying at a point. <laughs> but that, that's another argument. So, continue to talk about quarterbacks. So, the Niners are apparently interested in Kirk Cousins. That would be wild. That would be totally off the radar. Just don't give him a fully guaranteed contract. Don't give him fully. You know, I was listening to a Dan Patrick show, and the guy said, hmm, Kirk Cousins, imagine going to a team that has Super Bowl uh, caliber players and, uh, you know, actually winning. That's what he did in Minnesota. He mm. had offensively offensively, but no, I wouldn't say defense. I know, but he can't control the defense, but he can control how many mistakes he's made in Minnesota. Does would this make sense for the Niners or maybe keeping Jimmy Garoppolo there or maybe looking out some free agency make a better fit? The 49ers are exactly in the position that the Bucs were in last year. Yes. Where they are a quarterback. They went to the Super Bowl last year. But with Jimmy Garoppolo, he didn't have a great game. They are a quarterback away from going to the Super Bowl again. Well, not even just going, because I think if they were all yeah. healthy, they would yeah. be contenders. Mm-hmm. I think they are a quarterback away from winning the mm-hmm. Super Bowl because yeah. that defense is so good. You don't want to play him in the playoffs. No. Having a fully healthy roster would do wonders for them, as with most teams, but specifically for San Francisco. Deshaun Watson... That situation, Kirk cousins, you said Derek Carr, there's reports now that Derek Carr could yeah, be traded. Apparently the, the Raiders want Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. and that could be a three team trade. So maybe the 49ers could be involved in that. It's going to be like a day NBA trade. I think this, this off season with quarterbacks will probably be one of the best we've had in quite some time because you got Cam Newton. I don't think he's going back to new England. Uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, the Jared Goff, Matt Stafford situations already happened, which we'll discuss in a minute. Sam Darnold, Derek Carr. I mean, that's just and we're off not the even talking about the quarterbacks that are going to get drafted. Mm-hmm. We could have, and a, these are, we have some great quarterbacks coming up in the draft. We do. We could have a QB carousel that is unlike we've ever seen. And I wonder if these teams are. Uh, I think there are a lot of teams that are that are contenders with quarterbacks are hey, let's just flip-flop quarterbacks, and maybe both of us can be successful. Because I think maybe that's what the Lions and the Rams deal came down to. The Rams agreed to a huge blockbuster trade with the Lions, which it's just an agreement because it can't be finalized until March 17th. When the the new league year starts. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you, Dan, who won this trade? Well, if you're Jared Goff and what he has said, He thinks he won the trade. Oh, I think so too. And if you look at the details of the trade, Jared Goff, two first-round picks and a third-round pick for Matt Stafford. It's a lot. That is a lot. That's the same amount of first-round picks that the Rams gave to the Titans so that they could have the number one overall pick to get Jared Goff. So you've added extra years onto his life and you were literally trading away what you traded to get him in the first place. Yeah. But anyways, if you're looking at on paper... Clearly, the Detroit Lions won. Jared Goff is not an awful quarterback. Now, he's had some mistakes in the past three years. He's had more turnovers than any other quarterback in the league. But he's not a horrible quarterback. I think that being in a new environment for an unhappy quarterback would be great for him. Revenge. Revenge. And they play each other this coming season. Detroit is in a rebuilding mode. And the reason why the Rams went to Detroit were for two reasons. First off, Matt Stafford didn't want to go to any other team other than LA. Despite what the reports say, I understand Matthew Stafford said that the new England Patriots were the only team he didn't want to go to, which it is crazy to think about. I would be like, sign me up because of the amount of success they've had there. Well, he 100% wanted to go to LA from the start. Yeah. He wanted to He has to a home for- 20 minutes away from the practice facility. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't he want to go there? And, and he wanted to play for Sean McVay. They've been friends. Yes, for many years. And his were. best friend growing up, Clayton Kershaw's in L.A. Mm-hmm. And the fact, we'll discuss this in a minute, but remind me about the Cabo situation. But I said there are two reasons why with the Lions. First, Matt Stafford wanted to go to L.A., didn't want to go to any other team. Plus, they're the only team that could take that massive contract from Jared Goff. Because mm. he signed a four-year, $134 million contract a couple of years ago. And from that point on, it was completely downhill for him. Now, granted, he did take them to the Super Bowl two years ago. But this year, he was replaced by a backup quarterback who everyone talks about has a finance degree. (laughs) Whoop-de-doo. So this was a great situation for Jared Goff because he gets a change of scenery. Like I said, he's not an awful quarterback. Detroit got a massive haul, which they desperately need to rebuild that team. And L.A. got a great quarterback in Matt Stafford. He has a long history of injuries. In a point in Matt Stafford's career, he had over 130 consecutive starts through all the laundry list of injuries that he's had. But he has worked through his injuries year after year. So this is a great situation for LA because they need a quarterback like Matt Stafford. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. Detroit won with all those picks. Jared Goff, fresh, new landscape in Detroit, um, which you know you can argue whether I <laughs> uh, maybe uh, I don't know. We, a, we can't. We've never been to Detroit, so let's. I, I well, was, you you flew there, I, but that I, doesn't I've, count. Yeah, I was a layover there, but let's you know, let's pump the brakes. Nothing against Detroit. We'll stay. We'll remain neutral on that situation. Just a lot of people hark on Detroit, but with Cabo, I saw that Sean McVay and his girlfriend and Matt Stafford and his wife just happened to be in Cabo at the same exact time when this whole trade situation went down, hmm. and so after it became quote unquote finalized. They met up for dinner and talked about it. And, How convenient. And, 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 and now, a lot of people say, well, maybe that's tampering. It's not tampering because the Lions gave Matt Stafford permission to seek a trade. So that it's not tampering. It would have been different if it wasn't. I just thought that was kind of uh, suspicious that uh, out of the whole entire world, they both happened to be in Cabo at the same exact time. You know, I think that this has actually been a in the works for a while. Because if they are best friends, and Matt Stafford knows, hey, I don't want to be in Detroit anymore. Hey, Sean, make a push for me. Mm-hmm. So again, asking you the question: Who won the trade? I think you're going I with the Lions. Detroit, yes, I go with the Lions here easily. The thing is, Jared Goff helped the Los Angeles Rams get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Stafford yep. and, and I and I love Matthew Stafford. So you've don't talked get about this it before. Don't get this twisted when I say this. Matthew Stafford has done nothing ever. What has he done in Detroit? And you can say, these are two different teams. I get that. You can talk about the inconsistencies of coaching in Detroit. I get that too. But at some point, Matthew Stafford has to take the helm and take over you, the great quarterbacks. And you you said that Matthew Stafford's a great quarterback. I don't think he's great. I think he's like in that conversation where, you know, you have your hall of famers and you have your, you're like, they're let, not let, quite good enough to be hall of fame. I think Let's just say, oh, you mean the Hall of Good Quarterbacks? Yeah, there we saying? go. I think that's what he is right now because... I don't, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but I think that if you were to do like the top 10 quarterbacks, he could probably be number 10 or 11. Yeah, and and I I love him, but if you're trying to be... If I'm, I'm trying to be objective here and outside looking in, Stafford hasn't done anything to Detroit, but I do believe that the Rams are just like... We're talking about having teams to be like the Niners. They are one good quarterback from from being contenders. That defense obviously is one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. But I think Stafford leaving LA was the best thing right now for his career. Yeah. I, I think that both sides are happy. Oh, well, I think, I think wanted. Jared Goff is pissed. Well, I don't think he's necessarily well, happy. He's pissed, at the, he's pissed at the Rams. Jared Goff said that he wants to go to a team that wants him and that he wasn't happy with the Rams, that he was quote unquote in the wrong place look dude you didn't you didn't measure up to the contract that you signed a couple of years ago and you're mad that they made a business decision if you had played at the caliber that was expected when you signed a four- year 134 million dollar contract, you wouldn't be traded well I don't I don't think he's mad that he was traded. I think he's mad how it was handled. He was kind of left in the dark with this well, and yeah, I have a, I have yeah a f- they didn't commit to him being the starter this yeah. upcoming season in, at the uh, in, in September. I have a follow-up question that I'll ask in a minute, but I think... I also don't feel confident in the coaching staff in Detroit for Jared Goff. He had it really good in in L.A. with Sean McVay. Mm. And I think that the staff in Detroit is going to be... It's going to expose him even more as a quarterback where I don't think he's going to play even better. I hope so. I hope I'm wrong. You don't think Anthony Lynn will do well for him as his O.C.? Yeah, you know what? He... Anthony Lynn has shown that he can be kind of a QB guru, guru in a way. Uh, I say that loosely. I hope I'm wrong though. I well, want Jared Goff to just succeed. can't manage a game. That's, he just that can't was his manage problem. a game. Jared Goff absolutely got screwed though. He got treated poorly through this. I don't like it. And my follow up question to all this, Dan, is: Do you think that the niceness of organizations is forever gone? I would say so, and I wouldn't just say pertaining to football, I would say sports in general. Mm-hmm. How many times have we heard stories that players heard about getting traded through social media? Yes. Lots. They they didn't hear it from their, from their agent yet. They didn't hear it from the organization, but they found out on social media. I think the era of, you know, um, cordial relationships in those kind of situations, I think that is over. And part of the reason why I ask this is because I'm very surprised that the And I know the regime in Detroit now has changed than when Calvin Johnson was playing, but I find it kind of interesting in a way that they were so nice to Matthew Stafford about this. The the whole process, they were basically like, sure, you want to go somewhere else? We'll help you find a team. We'll help you find a fit. But when Calvin Johnson was playing and Calvin Johnson wanted to leave, they said, no, we're not letting you leave. You know what he did? He He retired. retired. The thing is, they could have gotten a lot out of him. Calvin Johnson was not happy there. One of the best wide receivers of all time, Hall of Famer. They they were like, yeah, we're not going to be nice to you, but they were nice to Matthew Stafford. Even though I think Calvin Johnson is more pinnacle of the Detroit Lions organization than Matthew Stafford has been. Mm-hmm. They're well, both great players. One is a definite, you know, Hall of Famer. Well, the other one, eh. the Detroit Lions, for as long as they have been an organization. If you were to say, name me the top players with the Lions, we would all say Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, and then Matt Stafford. Most fans, I don't know how many f- people we can go beyond that. Mm, yeah, with the, with the Lions. And so yes, the way they treated Calvin Johnson was a world different than they did with Matt Stafford. And I and I hate to see it because I would have loved to have seen Calvin Johnson go to a team that was actually going to win because he's never he's never been to a Super Bowl. He barely made it well, past, Lions, you know, the Lions. Period. Yeah, haven't they haven't been to, been to the Super Bowl, the at Lions, at all. So Matthew Stafford, I, you know, I I understand you wanted to go to L.A. and all that stuff. I to answer my own question, I do believe that not the niceness of organizations is forever gone. Mm-hmm. I don't think organizations care about individuals or players anymore. It is a business only move. Mm-hmm. Look how they've treated Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson just straight up asked. Just include me. I'm not telling you who yep, to hire. Exactly. I'm not telling you who, what to do. Just include me. And, and not just him. He said players input. Yeah. He, he was going on behalf of the players on the roster and say, hey, look, can we get some input on, on what we are going to see in the next coaching regimen? You know, can you interview Eric bien Not that I want him, but can you at least give him an interview? And they didn't want to do that. But it wasn't until after they had much pressure that they finally did it. And, and we know we're beating a dead horse with this Houston organization thing but it per- fits perfectly in this this question that I phrase and I think a lot of questions uh, this question applies to a lot of teams and organizations not just in the NFL like Dan said but also around all of major league sports And owners look owners are are almost solely in it for the money. yeah I, I don't know any genuine owners out there. I mean, Amy Adams in, in Nashville, she's a great owner as far as on a personable level. Then you have some owners that are like, I don't care about players at all. Just yeah. give me a dollar. Let me give an example of it just being about money. I read an article a couple of weeks ago about NFL owners. Stan Kroenke, the owner of the LA Rams, also owned, fun fact, he owned the Colorado Avalanche, the NHL team. And now that was forbidden. You couldn't own two franchises the, the way that the, I know that um, Gail Benson with the the Saints, she also owns the Pelicans, but this was a different situation. And that they forced him to sell the team. You know who he sold the team to? His wife. <laughs> His wife is the owner of the Colorado Avalanche. I'd say way to, way to bend uh, the rules there. So uh, I don't I don't think organizations care about players anymore. That's why I was surprised to see how they treated Matthew Stafford. But, I mean, what are they going to do? Matthew Stafford didn't want to be there anymore. It seems like he can never stay healthy, though. And even though Mm -hmm. he is, he's banged up a lot, he started all 16 games this year. You alluded to it a little earlier. He's missed some recently. Last year, he only played eight. But I feel like Matthew Stafford has always hurt. I do like, though, Sean McVay talked about winning now when he was asked about giving up draft picks because, and the thing is, people don't realize, it's not just Sean McVay. He's a head coach. Why don't we ever hear about Les Snead? He's a general manager. He's the one who also makes this, uh, you know, decision. But they are not going to have a first pick until 2024 because the Jags have this year, then the Lions have the two following years. When I heard that Sean McVay was was talking about, you know, winning now, it reminded me of one coach. Can you think of the coach who he reminded me of when he said that? That he's worried about winning now and he could, really couldn't care less about picks. Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick talking about his comments when he was talking with WEEI radio, which is in Boston, when they were talking about, Hey, what's going on with this start of the two and five season? What's going on? He said, I quote, I mean, it's pretty obvious. It was an honest answer to an honest question. No more, no less than that. I'm sure you can read into it if you want. That wasn't the intent. And he's referring to talking about Cam Newton. I mean, we look to pay Cam Newton a million dollars this season. I mean, it's obvious that we didn't have any money, which they didn't. He said it's no one's fault. That's what we did the last five years. We sold out and we won three Super Bowls, played in a fourth, and played in the AFC Championship game. That's an incredible five years. This year, we had to work with less. It's not an excuse. It's just a fact. Sean McVay saying, we're trying to win now. We're not looking to build in the future. That's what the Lions are doing in this trade. They're looking to build in the future. They're not ready to go to the Super Bowl now. The Rams are in that position. Do you like the fact that teams like Sean the Rams, not Sean McVay, but teams like the Rams are giving away their future and allowing other teams to do the drafting, to do the the player buildup, and just acquiring people through trades or free agency? Do you like it? After listening to Sean McVay, I completely agree with him about allowing other teams. Let's look at the first overall picks for the past. Let's just do the past 10 years. 2020 was Joe Burrow. He's still with the Bengals, obviously. Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett. Okay, so those four are still with their teams. Now we're in 2016. Jared Goff, no longer there. Traded. Jameis Winston. He left in free agency. J- J- Davin Clowney. He traded because he went to Seattle. Eric Fisher. He's still with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Andrew Luck. Retired. Cam Newton. Left in free agency. I said 10 years, but let's just go three more. Sam Bradford, out of the league, Matthew Stafford, traded, Jake Long. I think he's retired too. Mm-hmm. Now, again, that's just the first overall picks, and so you could extrapolate that for the entire first round. But only five of 13 first overall picks are still with their team, Jared Goff being one of them, Matt Stafford being one of them, and they are swapping teams. What's wrong with taking one man, One team's trash is another team's treasure? And that's what the Rams have been able to do. I mean, look at Jalen Ramsey. They gave up two picks, and he was the best two first corner. round picks, yeah. He was the best corner in football last year. I, I love what the Rams are doing in, in the way of, hey, we want the 31 other teams to do the dirty work. We want the players who are under con, rookie contract do the development within, and let's just acquire them in free agency or make a trade for them. I think that's what's happening, and I love it. The Patriots have done that for years. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that. Patriots hardly ever have successful draft picks. They do them through acquisitions in the the trade deadline or free agency or whatever. And Bill Belichick's like, I don't have to do this dirty work. I think it's genius. I I want somebody else to do that. So I I don't have a problem with what Sean McVay said. Like, hey, we're going to win now. We're not planning for the future. I love it. I don't know if it's going to work. We'll see. I do think that the Lions are the big winners in this trade. Mm -hmm. This is talking about right now. We don't know what's going to happen three or four seasons down the road. Hey, well, the Rams I mean, might have a Super Bowl. And, and that's the same with draft picks. Yeah. We, we know that you draft a player on what you see at this moment, hoping that something happens. So mm-hmm. it's all speculation at this point. But moving on, Sean Payton said this week that Drew Brees should be making his decision in the next week or he two. Gone. He ain't staying. He's he not stay. He's going to take that cushion NBC contract that he's going to get just like Greg Olson did with Fox when he said that he's retiring. But Sean Payton said that there's a future with Jameis Winston in it. Huh. Well, if you, Well, in, in the Saints future? Well, because I don't see a future with Jameis Winston. No. I All mean, right. he can chuck the ball real far. but The fact that you are going to have... to know if the defense or the offense is going to catch it. You're going to have an ESPN documentary that's been named after you. 30 for 30. 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. <laughs> it is... Jameis Winston is not the answer. He's not the answer for anybody except a backup. Taysom Hill is definitely not the answer. I'll take Jameis over Taysom Hill. Mm -hmm. The Saints have to get a quarterback in free agency or the draft. They have to. It's going to be difficult for them because, again, their cap situation is terrible. So the draft is one of, if not the worst in the league. It is, yeah, them and the Eagles. And so the draft is most likely going to be their best choice. They have Mm -hmm. that rookie contract for a quarterback, and they're on the back end of the draft, and if you don't know this, when draft the first 10 picks and the back end of the first round, and in addition to all the other rounds, the, the contracts are different. So from picks one through 10, you get the option of a fifth-year option. And the back end of ones, you don't necessarily have that. And then it your guaranteed money goes down. So that helps them that they're in the back end of the first-round draft. Uh, but that that's the situation, and, and we'll keep – keep an eye on Drew Brees, but I would be shocked if he says that he's going to stay. I don't, I think he should retire. You had a great season. The NFC is getting better and Drew Brees is getting older. But speaking of the draft though, I I wasn't even going to talk about this, but now the Lions, before they made the trade with the Rams, I think that they might get a quarterback with their first round pick. Only, uh, I would say that only if they trade back. Because... You just acquired two more first round picks, not this year, but the following two seasons. Maybe if a quarterback slides on make it, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, who knows? It might happen. So that's something to look out for. Just some cool stuff. I, I personally like uniform situations, logos, uniforms, all that Tampa Bay Bucks. They will be the home team now with the Super Bowl. the AFC and the NFC alternate between being home and away teams. Last year it was the chiefs which is why the Chiefs wore a red jersey in Miami. This year just happens to be Tampa Bay's home team, and they're actually at home. They've chosen to wear their white over pewter what? uniforms. They should have wore their reds. No, like their no, reds. and here's why. I'm glad you scoffed at that because here's why. <laughs> Tampa Bay is 5-0 and this season when they've worn white over pewter. Tom Brady is 4-1 and in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and Th- that's why they always wore white mm-hmm. in New England. 13 of the last 16 teams to win the Super Bowl have worn white jerseys. So only 3 teams have won with a color other than white. And the interesting thing is Tom Brady was two of those. So I don't know who that one last quarterback is. Wasn't Yeah, but the Chiefs last year, right? Yeah, 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 there you go. Yeah, um, they wore the red one. So <laughs> Tom Brady. And they're in the and they're in their Super Bowl. Yeah. And, and so uh, so they will be wearing their white, so just a little uh little tidbit with that. But speaking of Tom Brady, he's going to be 43 starting the Super Bowl. You know which quarterbacks were inducted into the Hall of Fame of '43? Let me just give you a list. Well, you don't even give me time to respond. Okay, well, here I, I bet you don't know this one. Otto Graham. He was old a, guy. Old guy. He was he was a quarterback for the Browns in the '40s and the '50s. Mm-hmm. He went to the Pro Bowl five times, All Pro seven times. Great quarterback. That was that was way before might, was before our parents were even born. I might be able to name one of them. How many of them? Let me let me try to guess. They're, there are five. Just well, quarterbacks. These, these, are, these are five. I'm just saying at their age, they were inducted into the Hall of Fame yeah. at 43. Is Terry Bradshaw so. one of them? No. Oh. Joe Montana? Joe Montana's one. Steve Young? That's, yep, three. So you got two more. Dan Marino? That's four. Ooh, in the, in I'm good. F- let's in see, the, one more. The fifth one. I'm trying to think here, so... You'll know who it is. If you don't get it, then you'll feel dumb. Um, John Elway? Yes. Oh, so let's go! Yeah, so all those quarterbacks were inducted in the same year that Tom Brady is playing in the Super Bowl, his tenth Super Bowl, you know the thing is, he has three installments in his twenty-year career that that can ev- get him a ev- Hall of Fame career. Ev- all three installments, yes. It, it is. I don't. I don't even know how to put it into words. He how doesn't. Good he is. And the thing is, he doesn't like being called the goat. I think that's just he's a. He, humble He always person. deflects it. He always deflects it. He's a very humble person. Like, no, that's Joe Montana. And and if someone doesn't like Tom Brady, that's just because he's not on your team. Okay, so. <laughs> He is the best athlete of all time. I don't care not just football all time. Yes. He's any the discussion. best American player in any major league sport ever to play to play their sport, just a sport, yes. a sport, yeah. By far. You he's been to 10 Super Bowls and he might win a 7th with two different teams. <laughs> Tell me, Michael Jordan didn't even win that. He won all of his with one team and you know it, it, before the season began you know Chris Godwin had his number 12 jersey oh yeah this is <laughs> and 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 Tom Brady you know he wasn't going to ask Chris Godwin for for the jersey number yeah he said you know what i'm going to i think i'm going to go with number 7 because i'm going after my 7th super bowl yeah i'm like, glad what a i'm glad no <laughs> i, I love- mean it w- i'm glad he went you know chris was gracious to give it to him because it would have looked weird tom not being in a number 12 but I've said, if I had a number 12, Tom's giving me some good stuff. Yeah. he he's he's If I'm in debt, he's covering all my debt bills. Uh, And if I don't have debt, I, I think <laughs> I like a house on the water would be nice. Yeah. Like, you can have number 12, but you're going to pay for it. I don't care that you're the GOAT. I had number 12 first. Yes, but Dan, Chris Godwin might have a Super Bowl. That was not happening with Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay. Speaking of that... <laughs> The players were crying after they won the NFC Championship. <laughs> Tom Brady's like, eh. and Tom Brady was like, "What the f are you crying about? <laughs> yeah. We still have another game." Yeah. That's the mentality of Tom Brady. That's hilarious. Well, I mean, I, I don't blame the players. You didn't think it was ever going to happen, uh, especially with James there. But I know, I, yeah, the Bucks—they were just you know, like other than Robert Gronkowski and uh, Jason Pierre-Paul and Antonio Brown. None of those other players know Maybe what it's, on build. Oh yeah. You're, that's a chiefs the chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. Those players on the bucks roster, they struggled for years. Mm-hmm. And so their mindset, their mentality is a lot different than Tom Brady. I'm glad he kind of smacked him out of it. What the heck are you crying yeah, yeah. about? We got well, another game. Well, it's funny. I was listening to, oh, I can't remember the coach, but uh, Tom Brady and this coach on the buck staff always have like little healthy banter. And he's like, Tom Brady would be like, Hey coach, how many Super Bowls have you been to? He's like, Been to two. And he's like, I've been to more than that. And he's like, well, more than that. Yeah. He's like, uh, yeah, but mine don't have asterisks by (laughs) them. I thought that was funny. (laughs) Uh, You know, Tom Brady, people can say what they want, but you cannot go to 10 Super Bowls and cheat all ten of them you just can't yeah well and remember when they with the defilate gate he was suspended for four games and he went guess to what one he's one like oh i'm gonna win the super bowl i'm gonna prove you guys fine you benched bench me four games great i'm gonna go win this the super yeah. bowl and he's just like oh that's more of uh, my playing career they talked about he said you know tom brady wins a super bowl i i think he might retire uh, and i know that he he said that he wants to play past 45 I don't know, though. You, you, It's hard to get a Super Bowl, even though it seems easy for Tom Brady. You have to go out on top. Tom Brady, with with how successful well, he's how been. About, how about this? If they win, he goes out and retires. That's but what I'm if saying. They lose, I, they if stay. they lose, I think he stays. But I'm saying if they win, I think Tom Brady's going to retire because you can't have someone that's so wildly successful at their sport Go out with like a losing season, like Drew Brees. It would be poetic for Tom Brady to to retire after he wins his seventh Super Bowl. That's a, such a beautiful. I want to go to Tampa. I do too. But anyways, uh, so let's get into the game though. It's Super Bowl fifty five. Thanks for you know hanging out with us this far. But it's the we, Kansas City we, Chiefs. We talked way more than we anticipated hey, for NFL news. But, hey, hey that worked. I hope you guys is. like it. Anyways, the Kansas <laughs> there's only one game this week. So. Only one game. <laughs> you know, got to gotta get in, you know, NFL news or whatever. Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Tampa Bay, as we spoke about. Hey, from the get-go, Dominate, don't give him a chance. Set the tempo early, baby. Set the tempo early, baby. Set it early. What does it mean to master your craft? I think, A, I was, I just love the game. And I think that has always felt like transcended you know, so many things for me. It never feels like practice to go to practice. It feels like fun. I get to go and play football with my friends. I genuinely believe that the Kansas City Chiefs, as Patrick Mahomes talked about in the little mic'd up session, that they have to set the tone early. I believe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not going to let the foot off the gas defensively. Nope. And they, they have to set the tone early. Now, Tom Brady, as you heard in that little interview... Hey, he's just going out there to play football with his friends. I love this that is mentality. This is so natural for him. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to go out there and play in my 10th Super Bowl before breaking down our picks. I want to ask you this, Dan. Do you think people in, in New England are cheering for Tom Brady? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's given them six Super Bowls. When people, when I hear or see Boston fans, or let's just say Patriot fans, Talk negative about Tom Brady or their the fact that they're not pulling for him. Like Dan said, you won six Super Bowls with Tom Brady leading the helm. That is the most in NFL history, and he did it in his single career in New England. Well, tied in NFL. because Well, tied st- with the Steelers. Steelers. The thing is, Brady did it the right way. And what I mean by that is Tom Brady in New England played his absolute best, played his hardest, mm-hmm. never spoke negative. Nope. And he left, he left peacefully. Mm-hmm. He, and he, he played out his contracts, played out his contracts, did what he was supposed to. I know that, you know, players weren't sure if he was going to retire or come back in, to New England. That was kind of left in the dark. But that's how Tom Brady operates. If you're any Patriots fan talk negatively about Tom Brady, smack him. Yeah, smack him because you have six Super Bowls, which are. Our team, good Lord, just give us one. Just give, <laughs> just give me one Super Bowl. Yeah. I'll take one of those six. I'm not going to be greedy. Yeah, just give, no, me one. No. just give me one Super Bowl. And you have six in less than 20 years. He's working on his middle finger right now on his second hand. He's got one on his index finger. That's six. Now he's working on his middle finger on his seven. So he can say to the haters, here's my seven Super Bowl. What I don't like about the the Buccaneers in this is I don't, Gronkowski did not leave New England peacefully. No, and, I don't agree with how Gronk did it. And I was thinking about this a couple days. And, and the reason why it sparks, sparked this thought is because, you know, Gronkowski said the other day that he admitted that when he was getting tried out zoom tryouts for the mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he intentionally worked out the same day, just switch shirt, just switch shirts. It's hard for me to say. And he just sent them, uh, a different video each and every day even though it was the same workout yeah same workout just made it look like different days just by switching his shirt and there and a reason why i don't like gronk is one he didn't announce his retirement until super late into the season he announced it march 24th well we know we know why he did that but continue the the new league had already started the patriots could have gotten a free agent tied in was he selfish probably he already threatened retirement when he said that the the you know the Patriots, the Patriots. wanted to trade him to the Lions, and he yep. was like, "Nope, I'll nope. retire if you do that." Yep, exactly. So with with the way that Gronkowski left New England, and the the new reports of him admitting that he lied about his kind of Zoom workouts, I've lost a lot of respect over for him over the years. And I used to be a huge Gronk fan. I used to think he was the best tight end in NFL history. His antics though get overlooked a lot by many people. Why is that? People think that it's like a joke. Oh, it's just his personality. You know, well, I'm so sick of like, that. It's like a child, it's like a, a like a, a college kid stuck in a grown man's body. He likes to have fun. Look, he's yeah. got he's got a vibrant personality. People watch it. I understand that. I am just frustrated by the things that he said. And it's he's taken a much different. Uh, no, approach than Tom Brady. The 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 workout video I that I don't really care about. I think that's kind of clever. Uh kudos oh, but to But why? Because if you're doing it one day, it doesn't show well, that you're I know. in shape. Yeah, I know cuz he says that well, you know, I worked out the other days and I just didn't take pic- or didn't take film. Uh-huh. Well, we don't know that you worked out. Cause yeah. You didn't take film. Yeah, so, and exactly. we're going based off of your word. The the part that upsets me is the Detroit situation because he threatened to retire if they traded him to Detroit. So, the Patriots withdrew that that whole situation. And so then they ended up trading him to the bucks uh, because well, he was it, still, he yeah. was still on the roster. Yeah, Cause he retired. And then because he came out of retirement, you're still obligated under the, the Patriots. Yeah, So the, so the Patriots traded him and he only went, went there because of Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. So he, I know that the players, it, it is their playing career. It is their uh, situation to determine where they want to go and play. That's different if you're a free agent, but he was on the roster and the fact that he was going to threaten to retire, and then ended up saying, well, actually, you know what? You can trade me to the Bucks. So I'll go yeah, with Tom Brady. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I, I didn't like that and the, situation. And, and the Patriots had no choice because they weren't going to get anything out of them if they decided, you know what? We're mm-hmm. not going to trade you. You're going to just sit in retirement. At least yeah. they got something else out of it. And, and again, it's an NFC team. It doesn't affect the Patriots at all. I just don't like how it's how it's handled But regardless, let's get into the actual talking of the game. And I want to ask you this, Dan. I want you to give me an X factor. It can be a player, players, whatever, of Mm -hmm. both teams. But you cannot pick Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. We obviously know they're quarterbacks. They are the leader of the Helms. Give me an X factor. Okay, well, you're having me a second to get through the <laughs> both rosters since I didn't know this question was coming to me. Now, this one's a hard one. So if I was to say defense, I would say Shaq Barrett. He's had more sacks in the past year than Aaron Donald or T.J. Watt. That's it. I mean, that that's was a that's great, a great stat. Shaq Barrett is no slouch, but no, he's also not Aaron Donald. I think they're they're different. No, no but you got to get to the quarterback, and with Patrick Mahomes, you've got to get to Patrick yeah. Mahomes. So he would be my X factor on the defense. Offense, it's a split between Rob Gronkowski and Scotty Miller. Scott Miller was great in that game against the Packers two weeks ago. As a slot-wide receiver, he's the version of Julian Edelman in, in in Tampa Bay. There have been Super Bowls where Julian Edelman has been vital. I mean, we saw the situation with the Falcons a couple years ago where he made that amazing hey, catch. That he, Julian Edelman is literally going to the Hall of Fame because of, of his, just play his playoff playoffs. career. Just his playoff. He yeah. is the best. I don't care what anyone says. I will fight you. I'll fight you. Julian Edelman is the best wide receiver in postseason history mm-hmm. by far. Yeah. So Scotty Miller could be that version and Robert Gronkowski. Is he going to be the Rob that we saw in New England all those years in the Super Bowl? So I would say my X factor would be Shaq on defense, Scotty, and maybe Gronk on offense. For the Chiefs, I would say defensively, Tyron Matthew. He is a leader of that defense and he is playing the against the best quarterback in NFL history. Is he going to be able to take his leadership and hone it in as Tom Brady goes for a seventh Super Bowl? So I would say Tyron Matthews' leadership on the defensive side. Offensively, I'm just because I don't want to say Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, like those players are duh. Let's go, let's go with a running back because if if the defense is able to stop Patrick Mahomes somewhat, you need to be able to rely on your your running game. Clyde edwards hilaire don't pronounce H, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Hilaire or Hilaire fresh prince of Hilaire thanks Tyler that was your <laughs> your fantasy name I think is what it was uh he listened to this podcast it's Clyde Edwards Hilaire yeah that's just yeah you, you struggle struggle say it. on it's just like, just like I just can't say, say Juju Sch- Miss Schuster without actually concentrating on saying you, the name yeah you look like you're having a stroke when you yeah. say it I can't my s's okay um or uh Le'Veon Bell he could be an X factor. I don't know. I mean, shoot, he had a whole season to sit out. He should be well-rested <laughs> now. And he hasn't played most of this season with the Chiefs. He should be well-rested for this Super Bowl. Yeah. I think the X factors, yeah. I, I didn't really get time. You didn't give me time to think about it. You, well, you I mean, you did, you did mean. more than ask, because I said just give me a person from each well, team. I, I'm processing. So, okay, I'm glad well, you gave me four. I, I'm that's processing not what I was it in my head about, okay, well, maybe that person. Met, yeah, well. Okay, I'm just gonna give you two, like I originally asked. So, from my X-factor for for the Kansas City Chiefs is Travis Kelsey, and I know you said, "Oh, that's a duh." I wanted to go defensively. I was thinking about Chris Jones because Chris Jones in the playoffs last is year is a lot different than the regular season. Chris Jones in the playoffs, he—I mean, that alone got him the contract. Specifically, how he played against Tennessee last season. I think Tampa is gonna play a lot of zone defense, maybe some cover four due to Tyreek Hill's speed. And the fact that so they have Tyree kill, they have McColl Hardman and Sammy Watkins is apparently optimistic that he's going to play in the Super Bowl. So if you have those three speedy wide receivers and I know Tampa's defense is good, but you got to be able to contain them in but, front. But they're are they're, they, They've they had a lot of injuries on the back end. I mean, they lost their two starting safeties against the Packers two weeks ago. Yeah, I, so yeah, that's true. And the reason why teams play zone is so you're not getting beat from behind. Yeah. You don't want to keep them mass, in front. Yes. Because they're going to play a lot of zone, I think Travis Kelsey is going to have to beat those coverages. How do you beat coverages? You you find the holes, you find the gaps, you sit on your routes. Mm-hmm. He's really good at he that. Go to the middle of the field, which he's excellent at. He is probably the best tight end as far as finding those holes, which he proved two weeks ago against the Buffalo Bills. Can you believe that him and Rob Gronkowski are the same age? Gronk has been in the year, you know, he's been league like forever. But I think Travis Kelsey is the X factor for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, on the X factor side of the Buccaneers, I have to go with Mike Evans. I'm going to give you a couple stats. Oh, okay. So the Buccaneers, they went 11-5 to five this year, right? Yes. And their five losses. I'm guessing he didn't play very much. In those and their five losses. <laughs> he had 18 receptions for 206 yards. Mm. You know what's ironic Total? about this? Total? Total. And those five losses. Oh, my gosh. Ironically... His biggest game was in their loss against the the Saints when they lost 38 to 3. Mm. I I'm happy for Mike Evans. I'm glad that he's in the Super Bowl. I really hope he gets a Super Bowl win just because he is one of the best wide receivers in the league. Yeah. And he had to he had to deal with Jameis Winston for so long. It and, and, and you, before Jameis. If you have to deal with Jameis for as long as you have, you deserve a Super Bowl. So So in their like I said, in their their five losses, he averaged three point six receptions a game. yards a game catching the ball or yards, however you want to say in their wins though, when Tampa Bay won, he had 93 receptions, which is 8.4 receptions a game and 973 yards, which is 88.45 yards a game. If Mike Evans can crack 88 yards on Sunday, the Buccaneers win. He is the X factor by far. He's -hmm. the best wide receiver on that team Mm -hmm. and he needs to get the ball. Well, I think so on I the other side, both teams, he's the best, you know, Tyree. I, I would say Tyree Hill is fast, but Mike Evans is a better overall wide receiver. Well, Anyways, I digress. Uh, you could say the argument. now we did. Sh- I, I I will admit Tyree kill. I've never been high on him, I guess, because maybe off the field stuff. But if we're talking about strictly a football player, he has displayed in the last couple of games. He mm-hmm. can play wide receiver. And I know I've been Absolutely. hard on him. Absolutely. He He juked somebody. His soul. I swear that soul left the body. It was gone. It was going up to heaven and he is better than what I give him credit for. But I do agree with you. Mike Evans, I think all around as a wide receiver, Mm -hmm. I think he's better. But if you had to ask me like, Hey, Drew, if you had to pick them, well, yeah, you would take both. But if you, if you asked me, who would you rather have? But if you, on your specific team, knowing your specific team, you would take Tyreek Hill. I would take Tyreek Hill. No, I would take him even if it, you know, not my personal team. I would take Tyreek Hill because he is so fast. There's nobody in the NFL that can keep up with him. No, nope. I do think all around Mike Evans is better. I just would per, prefer Tyreek Hill, but we've mentioned many times on this podcast. Thank you for listening. Specifically today. We talked about it. This is Tom Brady's 10th Super Bowl to Patrick Mahomes second. Mm. Does the experience help or hurt these quarterbacks? Does it help or hurt Tom Brady? that has been in so many, or does it help or hurt? Mahomes with that. He's only been in his second. When I say only, I'm just making it comparable. to I think, Brady. I think it helps Tom Brady because I think there's some looseness to him. It's <laughs> the fact that he's gone more times than not. That helps him. Mm-hmm. I think with Patrick Mahomes, there's a lot more pressure on him to go back to back. He's And you were literally facing the greatest quarterback of all mm-hmm. time. I think there's much more pressure on Patrick than there is on Tom. Well, the comfort of Tom Brady starting in more Super Bowls than he hasn't. Is that going to affect his play? Like, you know, when people get comfortable or complacent in their life, they don't perform well, and since it's kind of the norm for him, do you think it's going to affect him? No, not with Tom, because we've heard the audio uh, and some of the stuff that we said that he said this past week with the, the media availability for the Super Bowl. Tom Brady is in the zone, and it doesn't matter if it's his 10th Super Bowl or maybe his second Super Bowl. The way that he has talked to his squad and in these interviews, he takes it very seriously. And I, even though it's his 10th Super Bowl, I believe he's preparing probably even more now than he did his first one. We're, we're not fanboying him, but it, it's it's incredibly difficult to achieve what he has, and I think people need to give it credit. Well, I don't think he's the think first one to do it, too. First so one to it, do it. I don't know. I think maybe he's he can get complacent in this. I don't think he will because knowing Tom Brady, he wants to get better and better. The inexperience, though, versus Mahomes, I think it could... Uh, you know, be detrimental to him. Uh, that's probably not even the right word. I do like what you said, though, that he has an incredible amount of pressure on him, probably more than he did last year. He's already won one, which is great. But you're going up against Tom Brady, and I know that there's a... And uh, you're 25 years, you know, under 25 years old, trying yeah. to get his... Sec- I mean, he would make history with that. To have a well, second one before, I mean, by the age of 25. Well, you know, we'll see. I, I think this is a matchup that the NFL was licking their chops dreaming for dreaming of dreaming of. Uh, I mean you're gonna you have this, goat versus baby goat. And I think that this is gonna be the most viewed Super Bowl in history. One because of COVID COVID, but secondly because you have Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. When Tom Brady's not in the Super Bowl, the numbers are not as good. I will say regardless of our feelings of the Bucks and the Chiefs and all the teams that were in the playoffs I think that I like this matchup more than any other matchup we could have possibly had, because yeah. you have Patrick Mahomes, who is the next generation of talent in the NFL, versus the greatest in history. If this is a and it's a rare thing to see. I mean, we probably won't ever see this kind of matchup again. Yeah, I, I would, I would unless know. it's unless it's Patrick Mahomes <laughs> playing his version in that, twenty years. <laughs> maybe they'll you know play for our team, but this is the answer to the question that people have been asking, been waiting for. Who wins this Super Bowl 55 matchup? Who are you going with? So I have been giving this thought for the past two weeks because there's two separate answers. With my head, I would say the Chiefs. The Chiefs are rolling. They have all season only two losses. One of them is, I mean, one we just can't even really count. But with my heart, I would say Tom Brady. I want to see him get his seventh Super Bowl, especially with this the story of, The Bucs didn't even make the playoffs last year. Tom Brady has won more playoff games with the Bucs than they have in the past 20 years without him. Mm -hmm. This one is tough. But I'm going to go. I am not betting against the GOAT. I am taking Tom Brady at home for Super Bowl 55. This, to me, was incredibly... Uh, Maybe not incredibly difficult. It was difficult. The reason why I'm picking this team is one. Let me ask you this, Dan. In Tom Brady's three Super Bowls, I'm not going to even ask. I'm going to tell you. In his three Super Bowl losses, two against the Giants, one against the Eagles, Eagles, he only played poor in two of those games with the Giants. When they played the Eagles, he played great football. Mm -hmm, They just defense didn't show up. But with the Giants, one of them was, I mean, that. that Yeah, on the helmet. Goodness gracious. So, to take that great catch out of the way, you know, he might only have two Super Bowl losses. Aside from that, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are sleeping in their own beds. That's a huge deal. Teams will tell you when you are sleeping in your own bed, when you're in the comfort of your own routine, they don't have to worry about changing up the routine. And even if COVID wasn't a thing, I think it would be more of a, a big deal that they're playing at home if, if COVID wasn't around. Because, well, you you know, you have the, the Super Bowl media week and all that stuff. Because they're sleeping in in their you know, they well, don't have well, to disrupt their routine. Well, it's very big. common for NFL teams, even if they're the home team, they stay in the hotel the night before to make sure that players are abiding to the curfew, they're eating the right food. But it's a lot different in staying in a hotel that's five minutes from your house versus, you know, you're traveling from Kansas City. Yeah. And... Because of that, because that Tampa doesn't have to really change the routine whatsoever, and the fact that Tom Brady's going to his 10th Super Bowl, and he's not playing poor. He's playing great football. Mm-hmm. So take that and into those in account. around him are playing great football. No, playing great football. This is probably, well, I don't want to say the, probably the best defense. This is a really good defense for Tom Brady. And mm-hmm. if you factor in all those things, and I know Patrick Mahomes is playing well, the issue with his, you know, turf toe and, and you know, alleged concussion that he didn't have which he had a concussion come on factoring all that in and i don't know if i can believe in Kansas City's defense i can believe in their offense mm-hmm. i believe that it, like you like to do let's check the boxes offensively i think they're they're equal i think the buccaneers have the the edge on defense so i have to go with the buccaneers and i do believe that tom brady is going to win a 7 super bowl and he's going to continue to make it and i do believe like i said earlier if he wins, he's going to retire. He's got to go out on top. Well, and I know Giselle wants him to retire too. <laughs> I don't know about, I, I don't think he's going to retire. I mean, when I was listening to his interview this earlier this week during media availability, and he's talking about wanting to be, he has to be a hundred percent in. And if he is 100% committed to it, he is going to keep doing it. It's not like this situation with Drew Brees, where he is contemplated year after year about whether retiring Tom Brady is either one hundred percent in or a hundred percent out, and I think that he's a hundred percent in. But I like, like you said, if he wins the Super Bowl, I have no problem with him going out on a seventh Super Bowl and probably <laughs> doing what no other player will ever do in NFL. history. I, I don't think so. I think it's kind of like that, you know, the the Bill Russell of of sports and championships. It's just something that'll never be touched, like the Wayne Gretzky of hockey and. Mm-hmm. You know, the the Tiger Woods are golf, or the Jack Nichols of of, you know, as golf as well or you know, Babe Ruth of of baseball. There's just some championships that'll never be touched and I think Tom mm-hmm. Brady's is one of that. Yeah. So, we both are on the Bucks bandwagon right now. Fire we, the cannons! Fire the cannons! They won't this past. They won't this weekend. It's unfortunate, but we know. Because it's yeah. Because it's, it's it's a neutral game. Neutral game, yeah. Um, so, but fire the cannons virtually. Yeah, oh, you but, say. but we know it's not neutral. And and the cool thing is because they're in Florida and there's not as many restrictions, the fans are going to be able to enjoy this if they yeah. win. There's twenty. There's going to be twenty five thousand fans there. Thirty thousand. No, no, it's twenty five, and then thirty thousand cutouts. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I saw. Oh, that's yeah. a lot. Of, that's a lot of cutouts. Whoever that printer company and you, is, though, and, and you had to pay for it. I think it was like a. You had to. I mean, it was to, the money's going to charity, but you had to donate a hundred dollars to be able to get a cutout. Well, shoot, let's put our cutout in there. Why? I'm never going to see it. <laughs> well, you uh, can say I was at the Super Bowl. My cutout was at the Super Bowl, but th- you know that is just, look. Uh, it, the money's going to a good cause. Yeah. Let's just. Why would I do that? <laughs> just so, i'm never going to see that i can guarantee you i can guarantee how, you you're not going to take a camera and go down the aisles of every single person i didn't even think about this how annoying is it for fans that are living in tampa and they don't even get to go to the super bowl this is something that's never happened in history the home team has hosted a super bowl and you don't even get to go i would be crushed I, I think it's more of an NFL policy than a, I mean, it, if it was up to Florida, they would probably put, you know, uh, masks on everyone. They would yeah. test everyone before they came in. Now there's COVID sniffing dogs <laughs> that they use in basketball. They, they could use in the NFL. And let's just say conservatively, there's 70,000 seats. I didn't even know that was a real thing. Yeah. I saw it the, um, this past week, the, uh, Atlanta Falcon. No, that's f- <laughs> my Atlanta football Hawks. on the brain. The other bird, uh, in Atlanta, the Hawks, they had, um, Covid sniffing dogs at the game, so all the fans lined up six feet apart, and the dog just went by and sniffed and sniffed the next person. I'm like, what does Covid smell like? <laughs> uh, how can a dog differentiate between that and a dirty booty hole? So, uh, anyways, uh, but I digress. Uh, it would be I wish it was up to uh, up to Florida to decide, uh, but nevertheless, twenty five thousand fans is the most we've had all season for any NFL game. Uh, so it, we should hear a lot of fans and and not some fake noise, hopefully. But uh, CBS is hosting it. Um, you know... I love CBS. They, they alternate between Fox, NBC, and CBS. They alternate. It was supposed to be NBC's year. They traded it. They traded it so that they could have it the same year as the Olympics. They did are The Olympics are this, to, year? To the, the Olympics oh, this year? Yeah, that's right. They didn't want it to... Cons- uh, uh, they didn't want it to match up the same year as the Olympics. Because, obviously, it's a big moneymaker for them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they're, they're going to be doing it next year. Uh, okay. Uh, so... Again, we're picking the Buccaneers, but let's let's wrap up the episode because we're, we're getting time here. The NFL Honors are this Saturday. So, Saturday Dan night. and I, we want to mm-hmm. give you who are – we're just going to go through seven awards. I don't, we know there's a lot more, but these, let's are, just the, go these with, are the seven main awards. Yeah, these, these are seven main awards. And so, Dan and I, we're going to give you who we think is going to win the award yep. and who we want to win the award. And I can guarantee you we have the same exact answer for the MVP. So oh, we, I think so, too. Well, so we can just one, two, three it. So let's go off who we think is going to win. Okay. So one, two, three, Rodgers. Who we Henry. think, who we want to win? One, two, three, Henry. Henry, Henry, Derek it's, Henry. It's, and we've talked about this all. All the we know that this is a quarterback award. Mm-hmm. We don't care what anyone says because it is. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Look, Derrick Henry has the fifth most rushing yards in NFL history in a single season. Only the eighth to do it. Eighth to do it to hit two K, and he's not going to win the award. Mm-hmm. There's there there's no way. What's frustrating is what Aaron Rodgers has done is not unique. It's not unique there's in a the standard. fact that he's only been to the Super Bowl one time. Yeah, so it's not so, like I mean, granted he's 100% in the Super Bowl, he's well, one for one. Oh, and you know they do the awards before the playoffs so there's exactly. no you know yes, playoff but, bias. But, mm-hmm. Rodgers is going to win this award. He shouldn't. Derrick Henry absolutely deserves it. All right, let me say this. Rodgers deserves to have a great season. That's why I think that he should win the offensive offense. player the, Actually yeah. no, that's wrong. I changed it. I was going to put Rodgers. So, who all right, let's say who we think is going to win the Henry or the offensive player of the year award. It's oh. going to be Derrick Henry. Uh, yes, exactly. Because Rodgers is going to win MVP, but I'm interested to see who you think is going to win the offensive player of the year award. Do you think it's going to be Rodgers? Well, no. Or do you well, want. I'm sorry. That's what I'm to say to so, you. So, so MVP I think is going to be Rodgers and then Derrick will win the Offensive. I think that's what will happen. Yeah. But I think it should be reversed. Yeah. I think it should be Henry getting MVP and Rogers getting offensive player of the year. But it, the it, the league will reverse those. Yeah. Who, who I want to win the offensive player of the year award is Stefan Diggs. He led the league mm. in wide receiver or reception yards. He had a tremendous season. This is the first time he's played with the bills because he got traded from Minnesota. Yeah, that trade did wonders for him. I mean, he had over 1,500 yards, and Aaron Rodgers, this is not the most uh, touchdowns that a quarterback has thrown. This is not the most yards a quarterback has thrown. He's done things that quarterbacks have already done, And, and Stephon Diggs has too, and I guess this is more so an MVP argument. I want Stephon Diggs to win Offensive Player of the Year because I want Derrick Henry to win MVP award. Yeah, but the thing is, you have two awards and you're listing three people. There's no way in no no no, no I'm it. saying I said I think Aaron Rodgers is to win MVP. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think he should win any offense award, including oh, okay. MVP. I see what you're saying? Okay. So well, we know we know that's not going to happen. We know what you want, but we know yeah. that's not going to happen. Defensive award of the year. Well, let's do comeback player of the year first before we do defense. Well, that one is is going to be unanimous. It's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be Alex Smith. Smith. There's no yeah. way it's anyone else. Almost lost his life, had multiple surgeries. That's who we think he's going to win. That's also who we want to win, just because it's an incredible story. But yeah, Defensive Player of the Year award. Who do you think? This one's tough, because Aaron Donald should always be in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why he doesn't get as much attention this past year is because he's always doubled or triple teamed, which allows players around him to really exceed. So, And it could be T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt has had another excellent career. I think it'll it'll probably go to T.J. Watt. I think who I think is going to be is T.J. Watt, who I want it to be is Aaron Donald because you alluded to it. He gets double and triple team. And what he's been able to do, and he doesn't even play on the end. He plays on the interior. T.J. Watt only has to face a right tackle, maybe a quarterback, Mm -hmm. maybe a running back or a tight end like a chip or whatever. Aaron Donald is on the interior, and he produces better than anyone in the league. That's why I want to win the defensive player of the year award, but I do think it's gonna to go to Watt. So let's go to the rookie awards. Offensively, we we know who it is. it's gonna be Justin Herbert. Yep. No, no. Well, I think I don't, it's it's not Justin Jefferson. It's I Justin think, Herbert. I think it's gonna be Justin Jefferson because I, I think I don't wide receiver wise, I, what he did was great. I think who just, I want is Justin Herbert by a mile. Herbert, I think, is going to get it and who I want to get it. Defensively, it's who should get it and who I want to get it, and that's Chase Young. Chase Washington. Young is who I think who I want is Patrick Queen. I think Patrick with, Queen with what the he's, Ravens with Ravens. What he did as a rookie, as a linebacker is incredible. He's one of the best linebackers in the entire NFL this year. I'm not taking away from Chase Young. I think he deserves it. I think it should be a one, a one B, you know, co rookie defensive players. I don't care, hmm. but Patrick Queen, which is funny enough earlier in the season, my hog of the week nominee. And he had an incredible season. I th- that's who I want to win it, but I do think Chase Young is because he's the face of rookies right now, uh, and what he did in Washington on a, such a poor team. I think that they're going to likely give it to an individual. Well, the defense is was poor. I mean, that defense is. Great. Well, I, I'm I'm talking about team wise. They were mm-hmm. seven and nine, so I think they're going to give it to someone who didn't have a good, you know, uh, team, so sort to of speak. But it's going to be a Justin that wins offensive or rookie oh, player. Yeah. You, yeah, you're observant. <laughs> um, so the last one we've gone through MVP, offensive defense, rookies for offense and defense, comeback player of the year. And the last one is coach of the year. This one's tough for me. I have said all year long, it should be Brian Flores, because again, we didn't even think you've that been, team was you've been get, barking that been, all season. Uh, Don't uh, yep. you dare change I, I your take tone. That as a, I take that as a badge of honor that the, <laughs> I've been consistent all year and that he has proved me right. So, thank you. I'm not talking out of my uh, backside that I think Brian Flores should get it. The coach I think will get it will be Kevin Stefanski with the Browns. Mm-hmm. Who I think it's going to be is Sean McDermott. Mm, yeah. uh, the the Bills, I mean, they had a great season. Who I want it to be is Kevin Stefanski. You're a rookie head coach. You took the Browns to the playoffs, which seems to never and happen. I, and I think that's why so, Sean McDermott shouldn't get it. Oh, no, no, I. I that, but... Sean McDermott had a great year as a head I coach. I know, but There's second what, Kevin seed in did, AFC. What, what Kevin did is more impressive than what Sean did. Sean already had a playoff team. I mean, you don't have to convince me. I'm just saying what the uh, voters are going to do. I think the voters are going to go with Sean. But I do want Kevin Stefanski. He's, he's earned it. Yeah, and I, yeah. as a rookie head coach going to an organization that nobody's wanted to go to for a long time, that's where coaching career goes to die or never even start. He had a successful year, so mm-hmm. I, I'm rooting for and him. And they have a great foundation for next year. Yes, they do. So, again, the NFL Honors are this Saturday. That wraps up today's episode. The Super Bowl is this Sunday, 6.30 on CBS. We know it's probably not going to start until about 7. They do all their pregame yeah, stuff. it's, it's going to be a while. Uh, I hope there's going to be some good commercials. I know, I know a lot of uh, companies who typically make great commercials are not doing them because they're going to donate those funds to COVID. Uh, relief stuff or because Budweiser they're not doing a commercial this year which is I mean that's great that they're doing it they're donating to COVID but they're always one of the best ones they either make you laugh or cry yeah either one uh E-Trade's also some really good ones Doritos always has some good ones yes Bud Light so there's Mm. there's gonna be I'm I'm looking forward to the commercials Dan and I are obviously looking forward to the football and the food Mm. We should have done. Oh, let me ask you this: What is your favorite Super Bowl food? Mine is the same. I don't care what day of the week it is; well, it is the I same. Know yours number just one, wings. it does hundred percent wings. I will never say no to. Cannot say no to a chicken wing. I don't. You know, when it comes to Super, I, I just like food. Uh, I'll take wings. Um, but that's or not pizza. Well, but what's your favorite though? If you if you had to bring one dish, and you said this represents me the most during the Super Bowl, what is it? This represents me the most. I don't know. You know. I really identify with this uh, bag of chips and a <laughs> cup of dip. No, um, my wife makes some great queso dip that she's gonna be making for the Super Bowl. Uh, probably pizza because uh, you do the wings, so I'll I'll say pizza. That's your number one food during the Super Bowl. You can have anything you want. You picking pizza? Well, what, that's what, boring. What do you think I would choose? I'm I'm not picking. Know, maybe uh, some bacon wrapped jalapeno well, you know poppers, I like, or you, don't, know, you know I like, I or, don't you know I like, or you know like you know I don't like bacon. You know, I don't (laughs) like bacon. Stop talking. I'm not doing that. And I don't like sausage pinwheels. Ooh, sausage pinwheels are delicious. I mean, those are good. making them. So anyways, Uh, but we're going to have, we're just having a, like a family only Super Bowl party this year. More relaxed than normal. We usually like to host a big Super Bowl party, but uh, not this year. Anyways. Well, that's because, I mean, with COVID, there are some people that just. They're a little concerned. Which Wait, which, is, there's no shame. Yeah, no, no shame, shame at that. that. So, but second, we, us two, want to watch the game. And it's really hard to have a, a big party to watch the game and the commercials. Everyone just wants to talk. Uh, so, anyways. yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's 100% okay with that. No shame. But we're just going to keep it within the family this year. Do you have anything else to add? No, but uh, good luck, Tom Brady. The seventh Super Bowl. What a, what an accomplishment, well, good I would luck. Say. Good luck, Patrick Mahomes. I'll play, you know, the other side. Yeah, okay. But thank you guys so He's much for plenty listening. plenty of years left. So. Plenty of years, young buck. Thank you so much for listening to this installment of the Pigskin podcast. This is the last and final week of football for the 2020-21 slash season. This is a spicy, it's a spicy meatball matchup. It's and, been awesome. And I'm so grateful we got to this point. Yes, we COVID, did. Because we knew it was very unsure for a, for a lot despite of weeks despite what you feel about the NFL and Roger Goodell, it is incred—it is incredible that we've gotten this far with it almost no hiccups. We've had some, mm-hmm. but there, is, there are leagues. No, no games were canceled. We no, didn't have to push any games back. Yeah. I mean, just a couple of days, out. but you're talking about weeks and stuff. Yeah. So it's incredible what the NFL has done this year. Thank you so much. We can't wait to get back to next week's episode, next Thursday, as we recap the Super Bowl. And we're going to talk about the recap of the 2020 season. Yeah, as and, well. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at podcast pigskin. We make posts every week. Reach out to us on there. If you have any questions, if you want to be on the show, give you, us a call, give it, you call and we'll just, we'll have a great time. So yeah. don't hesitate. Call us. We want to talk to you, but we'll catch you guys next Thursday. Thank you so much. Have a good week. Much love. Thanks for listening this week on the pigskin podcast. Subscribe to The Pod on iTunes and Spotify so you'll never miss a show. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pigskin. If you want to stay engaged throughout the week, give us a follow. We want to hear from our listeners. Give us a breakdown. Signing off.